Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Good morning or good afternoon, VP family. This is Kim Hauer, and I am joined with Izzy Vrujink this week on the podcast. Welcome, Izzy. Thank you for joining me. And um, she actually approached me and said she'd like to do the podcast with me. And so I'm honored that she would do that. And thank you for joining us. Um, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, Izzy? Hi, I'm Izzy. I go to school. I go to Zealand Christian, and I'm in sixth grade. I really love to do art, love my family, my friends, and I've been just doing a lot of art. That's what I like to do. Cool. And for those who don't know, um, your family consists of who? Uh, my dad, Travis Virgink, my mom, Anna Virgink, and my sister, Erin Virgink. Yes. Very cool. And I had um, Anna on the podcast with me. Your dad was on the podcast with somebody else before, and Aaron was on the podcast before as well. So we are getting the whole Virgin family on the podcast. So um, you're going to be the final one, and uh, maybe they'll have to do a return visit. Who knows? But at least we've got all of you now. So I'm grateful that you uh, were willing to do this and wanted to do it with me. So... All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, today, we are going to jump into the book of Acts. Um, it is Acts 11, verses 1 through 18. And um, Izzy said she'd be willing to read that for us today. So mm -hmm. go on ahead. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard the Gentiles who have received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, he went to the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying. In a trance, I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners. And it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard the voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or clean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke again from heaven a second time. Do not call anything unpure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who have been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation to go with them. These six brothers also went with me. We entered the man's house. He told us he had seen an angel appear in his house today. Send to Joppa for Simon, who was called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you will all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he has come to us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord has said. John baptized with water, and you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who was I to think that I could stay stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised the Lord, saying, So then, even the Gentiles, God has granted re- repentance that leads to life. Thank you very much. So, as you read that and then prepared for the podcast recording, what was something that stood out to you in this passage? That, like, there were certain animals back then that were considered unclean and, like, that were clean, but they were considered unclean to them. Right, yeah. And um, So, like, in the Jewish times, right, they couldn't eat certain meats because God told them, you may not eat certain meats. Um, I'm pretty sure pork is that one that they for sure couldn't. And, like, um, forfeited animals so they can eat chicken. Right, and then different kinds. um animals I think too yeah did you look up what all the animals were that they know my dad told me your dad told you so you but you remember like those are like Mm -hmm. so there were those like unclean animals because God said they were for whatever reason there's probably a good reason that God had for that but yeah here he's saying so you know Peter was saying that he grew up knowing that you don't eat those things and now here he's being told to eat them by like God himself like right you told us to not eat these but yet you're telling me now to eat them right yeah and what a total like switcheroo you know as to what kind of laws or rules um are no longer in place um so yeah that is an interesting catch that they you know that he wasn't supposed to eat those things and then God says no go ahead eat them you know, I'm calling them clean. I created them. Um, yeah, I'm, that's an interesting catch. I did not pull that one out. Um, I think I first noticed the fact that the men, the Jews and believers um, that Peter was talking to or criticizing him for doing these things, right? For for eating the, what they would consider unclean meat and then going to Gentiles, you know, people that they would have considered unclean um, and not worthy of the gospel. Um, so I think that's, it, to me, that was, it just caught my attention that, you know, like his fellow friends and believers were criticizing him. People but, that he thought he trusted and like were just right. judging him. Right. Yeah, you know, and and of course, like they didn't have this vision, right? So they, not having the vision, not hearing God say, you can eat these things. And that's paralleled with the fact that then the Gentiles who were unclean are now also considered clean, are worthy of the gospel sharing message too. Um, and I just thought that was kind of interesting that they first criticized, but then they listened to him, you know, he explained his whole vision and everything and how everything played out and they listened to him and then what do you remember what they did after after he explained himself and they listened no i don't um trying to see what verse that was in when they heard this they had no further objections and praised god so their response to hearing what Peter had said after they first criticized him, they listened to him, let him explain himself. And then after they heard his explanation, they said, all right, then 
we can't object to what you saw and what you did. So praise God for that. You know, there's more believers. Um, so that was what caught my attention. Was there something else in there that caught yours or yeah. any questions you had? So I thought when I was reading through that, all the animals represent, like all the ones that were considered unclean represent like all us humans that have sins. And I think Peter in that sense represents all the Jews and the non-sinners, which <laughs> were still sinners, but right. they also sin. And they, and that, I think they kind of, re- he realized that, like what God was trying to do when he pretty much was telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, it, to me, it was pretty clear that, you know, in, in their time, the Gentiles were just those unclean people. They weren't worthy of um, the gospel message, but they weren't Jews. So they were considered unclean. They weren't good people. They were, um, a lot of them were pagans. They, you know, did not worship God even, whereas the Jews worshiped God. They didn't know Jesus at that point. So the Jews, of course, being good Jews, worship God. And then they were against the Gentiles who were most often pagans and not worshiping God. They were against God. Um, but when Jesus came, he came to change that. Right. And he wanted the message to get out to not just the Jews, but the Jews were the first ones to object him as not Jesus. Right. So, right. Other than like the, you know, the 12 and then a few more along the way, but largely the Jews were the ones who killed him, Mm -hmm. you know, and didn't want to receive that message. So, you know, they're the ones that were praying for Jesus to, or the Messiah to come down. Right. When they finally met him, they didn't believe. Right. And they didn't know who he was, right? And and part of that is because Jesus did things so much differently than what they expected him to do, you know? So the Jews expected the Messiah to do things a certain way and to rescue them from all the evil around them. But Jesus didn't necessarily come to rescue them from that. He came to save them from their sins. But then he also brought that message to the people that would have been considered unclean, not worthy of the gospel message. You know, so that's what Jesus did. He kind of flipped things upside down, you know, and um, and Peter is the, now realizing this right after mm-hmm. Jesus had ascended. And this is, you know, Acts. So these are the people after that whole story that they go to share it. So, um, and I'll, I also think like how the Jews, they were like the first ones to not believe Jesus was there. I thought that was the one when like Jesus got resurrected and one of the disciples was like, I don't believe it till I see it. And they saw it and they still and the Jews didn't believe it, but one of the disciples did. So right. that's that's what kind of reminded me of it too. Right. Well, and we wouldn't have today, you know, we do have Jews as a religion, which was the same as in the Old Testament Bible and part of the new, right? We still have those same God-believing Jews. Um, they just don't believe that Jesus has come. They don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah and doesn't believe that those things have changed. So we wouldn't have Jews, though, if they all did believe. Mm-hmm. So we still have Jews today and Jewish believers who believe in the same God Almighty that we believe in, mm-hmm. just not in the same way that Jesus yeah. was the salvation that God sent. So they're still waiting for the Messiah, right? They don't believe in the whole trio of... Right. I mean, they know that exists, mm-hmm. but they don't believe that Jesus actually came yet. So they're still waiting. The Jews are still waiting for the Messiah to return 
um, as Christians, we believe that Jesus was the Messiah, right? Mm -hmm. He's already come once and he said he's going to come again. So when he comes again, they may well think that that's the first coming, not the second coming. Right? I mean, it's kind of weird to think that because we are so used to believing and knowing that Jesus was the Messiah. Um, and thank goodness for Peter, right, to to listen and obey God and then see the Holy Spirit work in these people's lives too. Mm-hmm. You know, just trust that, all right, God, this does not sound right. Doesn't sound like what you're telling me to do is right because it goes against everything I've been taught, but I will obey. Because he's, it's coming from one, the whole, like, God. It's not like, it's like saying, like, your mother tells you something and then you get told again. But, you're like, you told me something now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it was pretty clear that it was God who spoke to him, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess if I heard God audibly say something and I had a vision or something like that, I might be more quick to believe um, because of the whole, like, kind of weirdness of it, right? Um, but he could have turned away and said, yeah, I'm not going to do that, God, because I don't think that's right. Um, but he didn't. Um, I think I wrote the last thing that I had on here, too, is that in verse 18, um, I read it in the New Living Translation, which is slightly different than what you read. I like them both, actually. Um, I just let it from a website. Right? You, you've got the same thing, the Bible app. You can choose whichever one it is. So, um In the New Living Translation, in verse 18, it says, When the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. They said, We can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. Mine just says repents that leads to life. Right. So in the NIV, I think it's similar to what you were just reading there, where it says, like the part that that caught my attention is when they say, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. And I think what I liked about the New Living Translation of that is that it said God has given the Gentiles the privilege Mm -hmm. of repentance. Here you go. Like, I don't think we think of repenting, you know, because repenting means we apologize for our sins, right? So Mm -hmm. we're confessing that we were wrong and we have to turn around and change that and do something different, right? Go the other way. It's not something we enjoy doing. No, it's not. It's like admitting to something you've done wrong. Right. It's not easy. Our human nature doesn't like it. So just like that word privilege. So would you consider it a privilege to apologize to somebody that you hurt or you offended? Well, like, yes, in the same sense, because, like, it's really hard for some people to do. And if you can, if that comes to you easily, that's going to be a great thing for you to have. Like, Right. Is it easy for you? Like, if you hurt somebody's feelings and you know you said something unkind or did something unkind, and you know, like, afterwards you're like, man, I wish I didn't do that. That was not nice. That was whatever. Is it easy for you to go and apologize to that person? Well, it, like, depends on who it is or, like, if they said something to me first. Right. And, like, I respond in the same way. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm not I'm not going to scoop down to their level. Right. So maybe if, a, if it was a friend, say, and the friend came to you and said, you know what, Izzy? That really hurt my feelings when you said that. Would you be quick to say, 
Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I really did not mean to hurt your feelings and I should not have said that. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Would that be an easy scenario for you? Yeah, if it was one of my friends, but if it was like someone I barely know and I don't really not right. good friends with at all, I would, I would be like, oh. That's It'd be nice. harder to, yeah. It'd be harder to go to that person, right, and mm-hmm. apologize because that's human nature. Is It's hard to apologize. Um, so that's why it just kind of struck me when it used the word a privilege, right, because a privilege is something that you can, like, use to your advantage or, like – used to help you pretty much. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think of how I would describe privilege. Like it's a privilege for me to be able to drive a nice car. It's not a right that I have to drive a nice car. I don't have a right to have nice things. Nobody owes me nice things, right? I can work hard for nice things. But nobody owes them to me. Nobody has to give them to me. It's not something that I'm owed, but it's something that I'm gifted. I'm Mm -hmm. privileged, right? Like I have the privilege of driving a nice car. I have a privilege of living in a nice home. Um, It's a mindset in my, like, Mm -hmm. of what, how you view the things that you have. And so I just think, like, for me, that stumbled, like, I stumbled on that. Like, is it a privilege? Do I consider it a privilege? to go to God and repent of the things that I've done wrong. So when I've done something wrong, do I think of it as a privilege, a blessing, an exciting thing to do to go to God and apologize and repent? Like he already knows what you did, but like he's waiting for you to either not admit to it or to come to him and actually apologize. And I think when he does that, he's like, oh, like you actually noticed and you actually cared to like admit to it because some people do stuff and they don't admit to it and if you admit to it it's most likely to be forgiven more easily right well he's gonna forgive us anyway but like he's gonna much more enjoy forgiving us for something we admitted to right absolutely well and i think repentance comes with you know forgiveness comes with the repentance aspect they're really tied together Mm -hmm. um but you're right. I think his heart towards us coming to him and repenting is like all in love with us. Like, oh, thank you. And sometimes we carry that burden of like not repenting for too long, you know, and that hurts us, not so much him. Um, he just wants us to come and apologize and he can forgive us quickly, you know. Um, but I just like for me, I was that was something that caught my attention is the in the scripture saying, it's a privilege, consider it a privilege to go to God and repent. Mm-hmm. Maybe a challenge for today. What do you think? Do you think that would be a good challenge to leave our listeners with? A good question, too. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. If you were noticing in the story, why do you think the number three is important in the story? Did you hear that many things happened three times? No, I did not catch that. You want me to tell you? Yeah. So, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Jesus, all he Peter also, like, didn't, like, betray Jesus three times. And then on, like, the day of, like, Jesus arising, the, what's the animal called? The rooster 
of Crow three times. And when he was sent the men to Peter's place where he was staying, he sent three men. Huh. The three was a very important number to Peter. He probably was catching on at some point. He was like, hmm. I see what you're probably right. That was very clever, very like attentive of you to realize that it was three times and how that's connected. Well, it's credit to my dad. He kind of, he kind of helped. He helped you out with that one. Uh Well, that's good. Way to go, Travis, for helping out with that. That's a good catch for sure. I did not catch that one. So, um, so yeah, Peter denies Jesus three times. He then professes his love for Jesus three times. And then here, a situation where there's three men, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, that symbolism of three. And also the sheet comes down three, three times. times. Yeah. The Virging family is very, very alert to these things. So well done. Um, as we wrap up today, because we kind of went long, but it was good. So... Um, I have in verse 17, I thought, you know what? That sounds like a good blessing for the day. And I will read that um, out of the NLT. And it says, since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? It's a good challenge for us as we um, live our lives for Christ Um, Are we standing in the way of what he's doing by thinking humanly instead of thinking kingdom Jesus way? Um, Let that be our, I guess, our statement. Like, all right, God, I'm not going to stand in the way anymore. I'm going to back out, right? Like, I, right? I want to be alongside, but I don't want to step in front of God and, you know, stop whatever work he's doing. So I pray that today you will um, join God on his mission and um, be obedient, be um, quick to repent and receive forgiveness, um, and just don't be the one standing in God's way. Uh, We will be back tomorrow. I hope you all have a great day and uh, come back tomorrow. Thank you. See ya. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.